This is a Federal News Network podcast. Coming up on today's Federal Newscast, the Air Force is going to be sticking with telework for quite a while. Homeland Security makes its first choice for its EIS contract. And on-time mail delivery is still not back to where it was before the changes by the new Postmaster General. These stories and more in today's Federal Newscast. Welcome to today's episode of the Federal Newscast. I'm Eric White. Top leaders in the Air Force say regular telework is here to stay for airmen and civilians. The vice chief of staff of the Air Force says the service is seeing more productivity in some areas after adopting telework during the coronavirus outbreak. The military branch also thinks it will be able to save some money on office space. The Air Force still does not have a reliable way for employees to work on classified networks remotely and is working to improve that capability. A bipartisan group of lawmakers introduced a bill to revamp the way sexual assault and harassment are handled in the military. It would take decisions on sexual assault and harassment issues outside of the chain of command and establish a process for troops to make claims of negligence and seek damages against the Defense Department in the case of assault or harassment. The bill comes after a soldier who was being harassed was found dead outside Fort Hood, Texas. Veterans Affairs wants to overhaul the legacy IT systems it uses to administer the GI Bill. VA says the plan is to buy and configure three commercial off-the-shelf platforms, and it wants Congress to reprogram $250 million in CARES Act funding to get the project started. VA employees currently use 23 systems to process education and housing benefits. Employees have to toggle between multiple systems and take screenshots to keep it all straight. VA says the project would take two to three years if Congress agrees to the reprogramming request. The FBI is launching a new strategy for countering cyber threats. Federal News Network's Joy Heckman has more on that. FBI Director Chris Wray says the strategy's focus is making it harder and more painful for hackers to operate and building stronger partnerships between government and industry. Through its National Cyber Investigative Joint Task Force, the FBI has invited senior agency leaders to take the lead on certain threat-focused missions. The task force counts more than 30 intelligence and law enforcement agencies as members. Jory Heckman, Federal News Network. Turnover on the board overseeing the DOD's cybersecurity maturity model continues. Here's Federal News Network's Jason Miller. The cybersecurity maturity model certification advisory board's rough month continues. Ty Scheiber, the chairman of the CMMCAB, and Mark Berman, the chairman of the communications committee, are leaving the board unexpectedly. Carlton Johnson, the AB's vice chairman, will be the new head of the board. Scheiber and Berman have been under pressure for the last week since details of a partnership concept leaked out that some called pay-for-play. Scheiber and Berman become the third and fourth original board members to leave in the last six weeks. Jason Miller, Federal News Network. The Homeland Security Department made its first award under the Enterprise Infrastructure Solutions, or EIS, contract to begin its network modernization journey. DHS picked Mettel under a 13-year contract that could be worth up to $9 million for nationwide managed security services and Internet access services. DHS plans on making a total of 13 awards under the EIS program to modernize headquarters and component networks. 
The IRS has selected Customer Support Operations for its Tax-Exempt and Government Entities Division as the first program that will move to its Enterprise Case Management System. The migration will begin this fall and will be completed before the end of the year. The new Case Management System will allow caseworkers to more easily research case records and process requests more quickly. The agency's new Enterprise Digitalization and Case Management Office will carry out this work. Contractors have less than a month to set up a new process to log into the General Services Administration's eBuy platform. Starting on October 10th, GSA will require vendors to use a two-step multi-factor authentication process using GSA FASID services. FASID is a secure, centralized identity management system that lets contractors access many GSA applications with one email and password. GSA already requires the use of FASID on four other platforms and will integrate it with the e-offer and e-mod applications on the schedules by next spring. After a year-long review, the General Services Administration awards contracts to modernize a function central to nearly every federal agency. More from Federal News Network's Tom Temin. Deloitte Consulting and Esper Incorporated receive a nearly $10 million contract to redo workflow for federal rulemaking. Esper is an Austin, Texas company specializing in regulatory workflow software. GSA seeks to field a product that will let agencies use artificial intelligence and machine learning to speed up regulatory reviews and evaluation of comments and support the administration's 2017 executive order on regulatory reform. I'm Tom Temin. The president's nominee to lead the Office of Personnel Management faces opposition from two large employee groups. The National Treasury Employees Union is urging senators to vote no in confirming John Gibbs. NTEU says Gibbs lacks experience in federal personnel management to succeed as OPM director. The Senior Executives Association says Gibbs' past statements about the merit system are deeply troubling. The Senate Homeland Security and Governmental Affairs Committee did not vote on Gibbs' nomination as initially planned. Committee Chairman Ron Johnson says some members had more questions for the nominee, and the vote is postponed. The nominees to replace three long-serving members on the Thrift Savings Plan Board are another step closer to confirmation. The Senate Homeland Security and Governmental Affairs Committee advanced John Barger, Christopher Burnham, and Frank Dunleavy to the Senate for a full confirmation vote. The committee easily advanced Dunleavy and Burnham. Barger's nomination has gotten some pushback from senators based on his role on the Postal Board of Governors. On-time mail delivery still has not fully recovered from operational changes made nearly two months ago by Postmaster General Louis DeJoy. That's according to a recent report from the Senate Homeland Security and Governmental Affairs Committee, Gary Peters. On-time delivery has shown some recovery this month, but data shows it's still below standards that predate DeJoy's tenure in office. The Postal Service has reduced late and extra trips between mail processing centers and post offices. And a union representing 50,000 employees at the Social Security Administration wants to bargain over the payroll tax deferral. Federal News Network's Nicola Grisco has more. The American Federation of Government Employees is demanding to bargain over the president's policy. The union argues the payroll tax deferral represents a change in conditions of employment and that the Social Security Administration is supposed to give the union formal notice and a chance to bargain over those changes. AFGE wants SSA to cease and desist implementation of the president's payroll tax deferral. The agency, though, can ignore AFGE's demand. Nicole Legrisco, Federal News Network. You can find more information about these stories at federalnewsnetwork.com. Search Federal Newscast. Subscribe to the Federal Newscast on Podcast One or Apple Podcasts. And stay up to date on your agency's response to the coronavirus with our coronavirus resource page. I'm Eric White. (music) 